Dress it up and make it real for me. Eskimo, the coolest DJ <laughs> in the world. Whatever that fucking man. Spend a day to get my mind blown Dress it up and go to Nassau 200 miles on the dash Got a roll a pound up a gas Put your lanes in the Grand Rapids We're the one that kept it cool with all these niggas What's going on? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back again to you. I've been waiting, I can't tell you how many months, to play this song on the opening of the podcast, Future March Madness, an absolute classic, I don't care if you like Future or not, this right here is a classic. Off of the legendary album Dirty Sprite 2 Legendary I remember This song right here Down here in Miami Destroyed all clubs Destroyed all all clubs Same thing with Stick Talk It was It was Unbelievable Unbelievable what this song did to the clubs Anyways, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy coming back after being sick, after going through the stomach flu virus. My son had it. Then it passed on to my wife. Then your boy had it. I had it bad, man. I had it bad. You can still hear it in my voice. My nose is still not correct. But, you know, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Uh, What are we going to do? I had to take couple of days off i couldn't even do videos for twitter i was a mess man i was a mess so my son spent all of saturday night throwing up and that was we had to deal with that then sunday he had a fever then my wife got sick then i had to go to work on monday i was cool until like around 3 p.m in the afternoon and it all went to shit there my head was hurting then i got home I went to go play a uh, ball, went to go play a little footy. And then when I got home from that, I thought I was good. I woke up the next morning dead. Still went to work because I'm an animal and an idiot. I should have stayed home. I should have rested. But I was prolonging the inevitable. It was coming to me. It was whether when it was going to come to me, not if. Get home from work. Jump. I I didn't even I changed out of my work clothes and I went right to the couch. I was dead. I was dead. Normally, I take a shower, pet the dog, kiss the wife, play with the kid. Dead. Got into some, you know, around the house clothes, T-shirt, shorts, whatever. Stayed on the couch. Fell asleep for a couple of hours. And then that's when all hell broke loose when I woke up. Have you guys ever seen um, a fire hydrant? You know what a fire hydrant looks like? So do you know, like, a fire hydrant 
for those who don't know, um, I, I don't know what fire hydrants, I mean, I should Google this, but I mean, it's easily Googleable, but whatever. So a fire hydrant here in the United States is a high pressure water connection in every neighborhood, in buildings, in front of homes, everywhere, everywhere, where in case of a fire, the the fire department can come, connect their hoses to the water line and use the city water. It's under high pressure, a lot of pressure to put out the fire. Well, imagine it's a it's a it's a it's a connection, high pressure water. So if you open that without a hose, it's a massive amount of water coming out. So you guys got the image in your mind, right? Here we go. Imagine that from your boy from both ends. I was a fucking fire hydrant. Shitting and throwing up everywhere. It was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. Disaster. All I thought was, was, that's it. I'm dead. I'm an absolute, I'm a dead man. This is the end of me. I'm not going to be able to watch the finale of Game of Thrones, no Avengers, no Star Wars, nothing. Kiss the wife goodbye. Kiss my son goodbye. That's it. Your boy's a dead man. Honey, do me a favor. Tell the podcast listeners that I love them. And we have my co-host is in the building. My son just walked into the studio. AKA the extra bedroom in my house. So, oh boy, I know what this means. Oh boy, he's pacing. He's got to take a shit. He does this every single time. There, there he goes. Just let it rip. And that's that. There we go. Oh boy, here comes the smell. Oh my God. You all right, bud? Let me, oh boy. <laughs> Hold on. Go, go to mama. Mama. You, you already know what time it is. You already know. He's got a present for you. It's a surprise. Yeah. yeah I'm recording. Now. The whole world is listening to this. It wouldn't be an episode of the podcast without this. Unbelievable. One episode of the podcast without an interruption. How long? Jesus. Anyways, absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. So that's what I dealt with, man. Uh, What's going on in the world of football? We had over the weekend a phenomenal phenomenal UFC. Um, We had PSG. Losing to Manchester United with a 2-0 lead in the Champions League. We had the Snake conceding. Yeah, I think the Snake is still conceding goals. He was conceding goals in El Clasico, conceding goals in the Champions League. A disaster. Every time a goal goes between that man's legs or be, you know between the sticks and into the back of the net, I cheer. Fuck the Snake now. Fuck the Snake forever. What else do we have? Chelsea played today in the Europa League. We uh we played uh 
Dynamo Kiev. I got my man Lorenz Vesculi. He's on. We get the post-match review breakdown. And that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it for uh, for catching up. I, I, Bro, I wish I had a lot more to, to give you guys, but I was sick. I, I, you guys already know my issues, man. You already know. But your boy's back. Your boy's back. So, we're here, man. Anyways, without further delay, let's get into um, the interview with my boy Lorenz. And uh, I'll talk to you guys on the back end. Later. All right, what's going on, everybody? I'm with my main man, Lawrence Vesculi, former, former, what? I, I guess the man that would give us all of the post-match reviews from 100% Chelsea. Now he's doing his own thing for his own YouTube channel, which is what? Lawrence, what are we going to call it? 100% Lawrence Vesculi? Is that, what, is that the name? Is that what we're going to do? What's the name of your YouTube channel, brother? <laughs> well first of all thank you for having me i hope i had to get you back on i had to get you back on. looking forward to it yeah for sure i mean the channel at the moment is just my full name lawrence vesculi lawrence vesculi whichever way you want to pronounce it i might change it to the same as my twitter and instagram handle which is just last 1507 because that's a lot easier for everybody involved so that might be a smart idea i might have to do that in the coming days or weeks but um yeah for now it's lawrence vesculi lawrence vesculi so um yeah i mean it's good obviously you know, I'm assuming or not assuming, but I think some of you listeners might know that I, you know, decided to leave 100% Chelsea just for basically personal reasons. I just needed to find a normal job. And, you know, the channel takes up a lot of time, basically. So um, it, it's as simple as that. And yeah, now I'm doing my thing. Obviously, glad to be back on the podcast. And um, yeah, just looking forward to it. It was a good game tonight. So I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Those guys at 100% Chelsea, they're, they're family. So family exactly. is always most important. Um, I wanted to get you on after this match for the post-match review just to get your thoughts uh, because I agree. <sighs> was it a good match? At the 90 minutes, I said, yes, this was a good match. During the match, there was times that I was like, Ugh, I guess let's get this thing over with. Let's walk away with as many goals as possible. But it did pick up towards the end, man. I'm not going to lie. It did pick up towards the end. It did pick up. What were your thoughts? For sure. I mean, I thought it was overall a, a pretty good performance and um, it was only a little bit frustrating that we couldn't get more goals. I mean, with the third goal, it's fine. Three three nil lead is very good. It's very comfortable. But especially when it was 1-0 or even a 2-0, um, you know, I was just... We, we had so many chances. Pedro could have had easily had a hat-trick, could have easily. easily scored four goals as well. And, you know, there was plenty of chances to get another two or three. So we could easily have won five or six nil, like easily. And if we obviously had that result, we could basically leave our entire first team at home next week and, you know, not have them travel to the Ukraine, which would obviously have been nice because the players clearly are pretty fatigued, pretty tired as it is. But I thought the performance overall was good. I mean, Kiev threatened us, you know, say twice, but only kind of like half. It wasn't like really threatening, let's be honest. So it was defensively solid. We had a lot of chances. We scored three goals. We rested a few players. So I think overall, you really cannot complain. Yeah, overall, I uh, can't complain. I guess, well, no. I I always can find something to complain about. <laughs> so I guess let's start it right off rip. 
Um, leading up to this match and the storyline continues throughout the whole season. What's going on with Callum Hudson Odoi? And yesterday, Sorry came out um, and basically saying, trying to throw water on expectations of Callum Hudson Odoi starting this match. And it came on the heels of what everybody saw. We saw yesterday Mbappe uh, crashing out of the Champions League, but nevertheless, an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old playing in the Champions League. We saw Marcus Rashford step up uh, for United with half of the United squad being kind of like youngsters. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It felt like at the end of the game, who was playing for them? We had... This long-haired kid, uh, 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 Chung, uh, is that what his name is, Chung? Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing, I, I think he, the, the kid looks like he was, he's the, he's yeah, about the size to, of an 18-year-old, but he, he... To be fair, they were forced to use, you know, players yeah. like that. You know, I fully understand <laughs> the point that people make with, obviously, Mbappe and, you know, Jaden Sancho as well. And, you know, you have a few others, obviously Rashford, who got into the side when a lot of people were injured and then proved himself fair enough and he's now 20 and he's a starter. Um... I mean, I still think people need to hold their horses a little bit because Callum Hudson-Odoi is not Mbappe. True. Like, Callum Hudson-Odoi is very good, but he's not quite Mbappe. And he's also, in my opinion, not quite Vinicius Jr. And you mm. also see with those two players, you know, Vinicius Jr. is a great player. Doesn't have the end product. If he had the end product, they probably wouldn't have lost to Barcelona twice last week. And Mbappe yesterday, well, he fell over the pole about five times. And otherwise, they probably wouldn't have crashed out. So I'm not saying that's because they're young, but it's certainly something that plays into it. And also, we have an Italian manager, uh, manager, and Italian managers just do enjoy the experience, don't they? I mean, that's just a matter of fact. I mean, obviously, you had Antonio Conte say about Ethan Ampadu last year, um, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough, which is completely true. But I feel like in an, in an Italian mind, you need to be better than the old guy to play ahead of him. If you're just as good, he will pick the experienced guy more often than not because experience adds something to the quality, to the ability. And that's where I completely agree with you and a lot of people obviously in this scene, if you will, in the Chelsea, you know, social media, YouTube, whatever scene basically that Hudson Doy in games like today certainly should have started. Not only because he's very good, but also just to rest other players. Like we're already struggling with fatigue here and there. You saw it against Fulham in the last half an hour, especially. You also saw it today, I think, until the last few minutes when we made our three substitutions. You saw that we had a few tired legs in there for sure. And um, I just think he, he, you know, he should play these types of games. It's just, for me personally, I really rate Callum Hudson-Dye. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan ever since he handed in a transfer request. Transfer requests annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not his biggest fan since then. I still I still like him. And as soon as he signs a new contract at Chelsea, I will love him again. But up until then, I'm a bit, you know, kind of on the fence about it. Um, but what I'm trying to, to get at basically is he. I don't think he's better than Pedro and William. I don't think he is. I think he's about as good as them. And um, but they just have that higher ceiling right now still. Like a higher... Like once... If they're both on their day, they still play better than Callum Hudson-Odoi, I think anyway. Um, but that doesn't mean that Callum Hudson-Odoi should be playing because William and Pedro are 30 and 31 respectively and Callum Hudson-Odoi is 18. So his development curve, the more he plays, the you know the steeper his development curve would be. So that's why I do think he needs to play games. Do I necessarily believe that he needs to play every single Premier League game? No, I don't. I personally don't. Like when we've seen him play in the Premier League, 
he was good. His first Premier League game that he played against Watford when, um, you know, a couple of months ago when Pedro had to come off injured or with a stomach problem or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, I know an injury was. He came on, but was he better than Pedro? Most certainly wasn't. I'm not saying he needs to be because it was one of his first Premier League games. People have to understand that. When we played against Tottenham in the in the in the League Cup semi-final in the first leg and he played and started that game, yes, he was very good and was one of our most dangerous players, but still was lacking that end product. And all of his finishes were not good enough. You know, not good enough. I'm not saying not good enough to start, but just not good enough to score a goal. So I, I don't understand sorry why he doesn't start today, but I do understand at times why he doesn't start in the Premier League. Could he have started against Fulham? Of course he could have done, especially because we played against Tottenham three days before and the League Cup final the weekend before. But I do understand why he doesn't like start every Premier League game. You know, I'm kind of in the middle of where everyone is because it feels like some people are, yes, we love Kalamazadoy and he needs to play every game, and the other half of it is like, no, he's only 18. He needs to play when he gets the chance. Then he needs to prove himself. And this and that and this and that. And to be fair, you know, some people make good points. You know, the goals he scored in the Europa League, they've all come late goals. They've all been late goals. Two of them have been goalkeeper mistakes, if we're being completely honest with ourselves. Um, not just Europa League, sorry. In all the goals he scored, he scored, what, five goals now this season, I think? I'm pretty sure it's somewhere around there. Five, five or six goals. A lot of them have been goalkeeper mistakes. Um, you know, for example, the one he scored against Sheffield, um, you know, the keeper should have kept that one out. The, the the one that he scored before that, they should have kept that one out as well. Um, who did we play in the last one of the Europa League again? I forgot. Malmo. You know, when Malmo. he scored again. The, yeah, exactly. The keeper should have saved that. That doesn't mean that he didn't do well. And that doesn't mean that he didn't play three amazing crosses to assist Morata earlier in the season. But the end product still isn't quite what Pedro does. Although I say that, you know, Pedro missed this, a lot of big chances today. Um, <laughs> so, so, so like I say, it's just, I can understand it to an extent, although I don't agree with what Sari said yesterday. With the pr- I agree with the pressure bit, you know, that the media put way too much pressure on him. And, you know, the media also played a part in why he wants to leave. And But the biggest part in it is signing Christian Pulisic. That is the biggest reason why Kalam wants to leave. Had we not signed Christian Pulisic, Kalam probably wouldn't want to leave right now, I don't think. I mean, but on the flip side of that, though, if we haven't signed Christian Pulisic... Callum Hudson-Odoi might not be playing as much as he playing because that was the trigger, in my opinion, to start that whole Christian Pulisic and and, uh, Bayern Munich saga was the catalyst for the increased playing time of Callum Hudson-Odoi. Like, don't get me wrong. I... I I look at it... I look at the Callum Hudson-Odoi situation um, with my heart and with my brain. And both are not at the same place. With my heart, I say this kid needs to be playing at all times. Uh, I, I, at, at all times. I want him playing, you know, at training tomorrow when the starting 11 is, is warming. I want him to be there. I want him to be first in line for everything. That's my heart. Because, you know, I, I root for the kid. Um, but my brain tells me, hey, look, we have four wingers right now on our squad. One of them is Eden Hazard, who I don't care where you put him in the top. What? Let's put him in the top. To be fair to everybody, let's put him in the top six. I don't care where you put him in there, but he's there. Mm-hmm. So an 18-year-old kid is not taking over Eden Hazard. And I would argue, I would seriously argue, let's 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 play around here for a quick second. If Kylian Mbappe is on Chelsea, 
and he's a left winger. Do you who would you start, Mbappe or Eden Hazard? Oh, for sure, it's that Hazard, but you know, yeah. Mbappe is the left. Winger. Okay, so outside of one of, I mean, is there an eighteen-year-old right now on planet Earth more talented or nineteen-year-old more talented than Mbappe? No. So if Mbappe is not knocking Hazard out of of a starting eleven, certainly Callum Hudson-Odoi is not. So you have Callum Hudson-Odoi, William, and Pedro fighting over the right wing position uh, in all these games. Premier League, Europa, FA, well, all the all the games that we play. So my brain tells me, hey, look, we got a we got a, a an age issue and a time issue here. We need to divide up the minutes between these three guys, somewhat, you know, evenly. evenly. I mean, I know betterly is not a word, but betterly, like yeah, just to yeah, keep yeah. the rhyming going, but something that makes sense here. And I personally believe that Sorry hasn't been dividing up the minutes that makes sense between those three guys. So I agree. Leading up to these games, I mean, don't get we we could sit here and argue about who's better, who's not better. I don't I don't like getting down that road because you know that 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 road we don't know. Like I I still say that I don't know what Sorry saying before the match when him and Zola get together and they say how do we best attack uh, Kiev, Fulham, you name the team. How do we best attack these this team and pick out their weaknesses? And they look up you know Hazard, William, and Pedro and Kalamut and Adoy say these are the guys that can best attack that team. Let's pick out the, the the traits that best suit him. I don't know what he says. However, what I do know is I don't need to be in that meeting to know that we have minutes here that need to be divided up between three guys and they're not being divided up evenly amongst three guys who are extremely similar in their skill sets. So that's my biggest argument that's my biggest gripe in the whole thing with my brain yeah. my heart yeah. is is something else and you can't use your heart too much to make rational decisions but that's what my yeah. heart and, 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 and it, that's what my brain says so when i see the the starting 11 today i look at it two ways i look at it, okay oh excuse me guys <coughs> i look at it two ways i go all right we have a game on sunday i don't see eden hazard okay he's getting a rest no problem but I see William and Pedro. Okay, no problem. One of these guys is going to come out early because that's the guy that's going to be starting on Sunday. I'm I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm going to say I'm doing my predicted 11 video for tomorrow. I mean, first Sunday tomorrow. William's going to be starting. Why? He came out of the game early. But you have Pedro that played the whole 90 minutes. I need not to see Pedro on the bench come Sunday. That's math. I don't care how, what what sorry says. That's math. Pedro has more miles on his legs than Callum Hudson Odoi. So I'm seeing these things before in the predicted eleven, and I go, okay, I don't have a problem with it, provided that Sunday these decisions that Sorry's made for the predicted eleven for the eleven for today versus Kiev makes sense for Sunday. And that was my only complaint about the 11 is that we know this Sunday that William's going to get the start. He's going to play close to 90 minutes. He's going to be tired. Meanwhile, he's got Kalam Hudson Adoy there. These guys are very similar. Bring the man in. Bring him in. 
So that was my biggest gripe. I mean, I didn't have a problem with anywhere else on the on the on the pitch. You had Zapacosta start finally. I mean, I don't rate him as our starting right back, but in these games versus I feel like the Kiev players, you could have picked them up at 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 on the side of the corner. Like these guys are comparative easy with you know I, I, with all due respect comparative to Chelsea to the to the to the to the quality that we have on our on our uh, on our team. These guys don't compare, and I feel like Zapacasa. This was a perfect game for Zapacasa to play. He should have played against Malmo. He should have been playing in the Europa League. There's no reason why a 30 year old Aspie needs to play every single yeah, game. Yeah, now Zapacasa was meant to play either against Malmo or was it? I think it was Malmo. Or was it Sheffield? I'm pretty sure it was Malmo that he was meant to play, um, but he didn't because Zapacosta picked up a, a small injury and then Aspilicueta had to play. That's what Sari said anyway. Well, because I completely agree, Aspilicueta finally needed a rest, and it's good that he got one today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, for the most part, with the eleven, I, I was, I, I, I had a good feeling that this was going to be eleven, and with the exception of Kante, I didn't, I, I had Kante starting, but it was so obvious. That he shouldn't have been. He should have been rested. And yeah, sorry, didn't rest him. I don't know yeah. why I didn't. I didn't see that before I saw the eleven. I, ah, I should have thought of it. Did you? Did you see Jorginho being rested, or did you see him starting as well? I saw Jorginho starting. I mean, that's that's sorry's boy. Like, let's not forget. Like, the Europa League is a competition that right now. I mean, we're not winning the FA Cup. We're not in it. We're not winning the F- the Carabao Cup. We lost it. We're not winning the Premier League because it would take a miracle. Um, so the Europa League is the real league that the only real trophy that we can win. And right now, it's the most important trophy. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, the Premier League would do it too. But we need to win champ. We need to be in the Champions League next year. So yeah, that's all that matters. That's I mean, all that to matters. Me, to me, it doesn't really matter. If we don't win the Europa League, but come top four, I'm fine. Like I, I'm not bothered by that. Um, of course, you know, if we can make top four in the league and win the Europa League, perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like, like like with everything you've said, then it all makes sense. And that's why I, I think Hazard should have started today because Hazard and William started against Fulham. Hazard was rested today. Then Pedro and um, Hazard should have played exactly. today. Exactly. I'm not 100% sure whether it will be William against Wolves because Pedro has just been playing a lot better recently. So that's why I'm never 100% sure because Pedro again today was just very good, except that with his finishing um, at some points. But his work rate is unbelievable. In his last few weeks, his work rate is ridiculous. And that's the only thing that Callum Osnodoy doesn't provide yet. Like in the tackling, even William does it a lot more. Also Hazard does it a lot more. Callum Osnodoy just stands off the opponent a little bit too much. And that's fair enough. You're 18. You need to learn that. And, you know, he will learn that even quicker the more he plays. And he will also learn that quicker if he plays against better teams because against Kiev, if he doesn't really do that much, it's not going to change that much. Even Can you though say Kiev that again? Can head. you say that again? Because you're saying it and I'm realizing it. You're right. You're 100% right. When Callum Hudson-Odoi is off the ball, he's off his man when he's playing defense. He's always just around. Yeah, he's always a couple of yards away. Which, you know, like... We don't know if Sari has instructed him you need to be tight or you need to be away. But I mean, 
I, I will Con- say that considering William and Pedro and also Hazard are a lot tighter than him, yes. I'm pretty sure he doesn't get different instructions. Yes, you're 100% right. I don't know whether that's Callum Hudson Odoi saying, listen, I'm fast. I believe in my speed that I can get there or get wherever I need to be. But when I need to be there because of my speed, that's like a confidence in his speed. I don't know what that is, but you are 100% right. I think it's just a learning curve. I don't think it's necessarily something that we need to criticize him for, particularly like Sadi keeps saying. And like we said multiple times, he's 18. You know, not every 18-year-old is the exact same. For example, Emerson, the fact that he doesn't play every two days and every three games or uh, every three days or every two games is because his body clearly doesn't handle fatigue as well as, for example, well, Kante does, for example. Or Aspie. Or Aspie, exactly. Although Aspie, you did see him being tired these last few weeks or these last few games. But anyway, um, you know, not everybody is the same. And, you know, it's just a learning curve. And when Sadi says he needs to improve, I completely agree with that. You know, Kalamad Sondoy is not the finished product. He's not as good as he will be in six years. Obviously, he isn't. Um, But there comes a point... Like I say, against Kiev today, whether you play him or William wouldn't have made a big difference. It wouldn't have... Okay, maybe he doesn't score the free kick, although I'm told... Oh, I say I'm told. Ethan Ampadu said that he possibly scores the, takes the best free kicks at the club. So maybe he would have scored it anyway. Um, but, you know, that wouldn't have made a big difference. So, like I said earlier, I completely understand why he doesn't start against Wolves on Sunday. That makes sense. You know, Wolves is a very difficult team to play. And you need the work rate. He... Sari likes experience and Sari also has to look at his job in a sense because, you know, with how the last few weeks have gone before this run of three wins now in a row, or was it three? Yes, it was three. Um, But also starting with the City game with a good performance at least, his job was massively on the line. And do you, does anybody in their right mind that whose job is on the line, unless it is because he doesn't play him, but I doubt that, do you play an 18 year old? Do you trust your job? To an 18 year old or do you trust the guy from that has won 25 trophies at barcelona do you know what i mean yeah no 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 i mean like my my going back to this i've always been i i've always supported the manager i've support i i, I still you know if jose Mourinho, god forbid but if jose Mourinho came back and said hey i've changed my ways i want to be the manager of chelsea okay Conte, same thing. Okay, uh, sorry. Okay, I I want to root, and I a hundred percent support whoever has the crest on their chest at Chelsea. I back them a hundred percent. With sorry, my biggest beef with him has been his man management, and that comes with its eleven and his in-game man management. So, if he, you know has changed his ways and in these games like today where he's bringing on Ruben Loftus-Cheek which to his credit after Ruben Loftus-Cheek has appeared to have come back from his injury he's been playing him more with Callum Hudson-Odoi in games like today he's been playing him uh, against City he played him what he played him at the end of the game and he played him for the two uh, extra time which turned out it was a lot of minutes it was very good minutes against Manchester City you know, he has been improving, at least in my yeah. eyes, for me, in it when oh, it comes to the man management department. A bit too late. We can all argue that. I mean, even sorry, I bet you if you, you know, got him privately and he wasn't afraid of 
his words escaping the room. I bet you he would even say, I might have played that one a little bit too close. I should have started down this road a little bit earlier. When it comes to guys like Marcus Alonso, uh, you know, rotating the squad, adding Kalam hudson So if he changes ways and he starts playing these guys, I would have no problems with it. I really wouldn't. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, my problem with Loftus-Cheek is he's clearly not fit yet. And my logic behind that is if you look at everybody in our squad that plays regularly, even if they're a substitute, Every player that is regularly a substitute also starts other games regularly, except Loftus Cheek. Yeah, and that tells me his back is not ready to start a game. His back is not ready to play more than thirty-five, forty minutes. It, that is clear and obvious to me. Like otherwise, he would be starting because I think Sari is, in a you know, in agreement with me that Loftus Cheek is by far the best option we have in the left central midfield spot because Kovacic there. Is useless and Barkley's just generally useless. Um, <laughs> like I saw, I saw a, qu- a tweet today that said if Gary Cahill played in midfield, he would be Ross Barkley. And I was like, Jesus I've never Christ. seen anything that's more true. <laughs> that is a bit Christ. harsh, of course, but still. You know, I, I, you know what I should say, and I'm sure everybody would agree. Let's hope that that's what's going on, and that's what how sorry believes. The Rubenloff's yeah. cheek is my best guy. He is the guy that I want to start. However, his back prevents me from playing him yeah, more. Because he's been he's been dealing with a back problem since being at, on loan at Crystal Palace. It's been over a year that he's been having back problems. It is not something to play around with and mess with and start him again three like two weeks later. Like we did when what game was it that he had to come off in? Was it Sheffield, maybe? Some no, Nottingham Forest, was it? I think it was. It was a while in, back. In, yeah, like January, I think. I think it was Nottingham Forest when he had to come off, had tears in his eyes and stuff. When he got injured away at Palace or the game before that, that's he, when he picked up his back problem. It was before the he, Palace game. Exactly, the, the game before that. So Boxing Day, whoever we played then. Um, and then he came back, played and had to come off. And I think Sari was like, all right, I'm going to be better safe than sorry now. I don't care. I'd, I'd much rather get his back properly fixed and then we and then we see where we are, and then we can properly move on with him because there is no point in starting him a game or two here and there, and then he's out for another three weeks or a month. There's no point in doing that. I'd much rather have him come on for the last twenty minutes, half an hour in pretty much every game, which seems to be the case right now, than him be out injured every couple of weeks. Absolutely, I, I've mentioned it before uh, on this podcast a thousand times that. I suffer from two slip discs in the bottom of my back, and I don't know when my back is going to go, but it goes two to three times a year, and when it does, I'm out. I'm out like for two to three days, and then I'm sore for two to three weeks after that. I can, and I'm just a regular dude. I can only imagine what it must feel like to be, if you have a knee rammed into your back every time you play. Uh, that and to be a Premier League player where day in, day out. Because remember, these guys also train. And they're exactly. not training against, uh, you know, a local club down the street. They're playing against, they're training against other Premier League players who are also trying to get better and improve in their careers as well. So... I, I can only imagine and, and and it's unfortunately something he will have to deal with his entire career in Probably, my yes. opinion and that's me not knowing 
anything about what his specific package is. I think it is a back spasm. That's what they said at Palace at the time. And back spasms, to my knowledge, can be something very difficult to get rid of. You know, us normal people like you, like myself, we have different medical availability, medical care availability compared to a Chelsea football player. So I'm sure his treatment will be slightly different to what we would receive in the same situation. So maybe over time they can properly deal with his back problems. I mean, with Loftus-Cheek, you just have a lot of it. Like if he didn't go to the World Cup, he would probably have been ahead of Barkley from the start of the season. Yeah. But he did go to the World Cup and that's why he didn't have preseason. Unlike Barkley, who fair play to him, spent a lot of time preparing for Sarri, watching Napoli footage to just try his best to like just work better with this manager than he did with Conte and just improve his career and fair play to him. You know, per- I take I my hats off to Barkley. That's exactly what you need to do be become a professional to be a when you're a professional. That's I exactly what you agree. have to do. I, I don't know why more guys, I don't know why Ross Barkley is the only one that is held up like as somebody who took that initiative. I don't know why. If I was a yeah, professional I mean, footballer, maybe maybe more have done it, but they didn't say it publicly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I hope that's the case because yeah, it would be extremely embarrassing if you know that you know the next manager that's coming in. You already know his playing style. It's not like yeah, he came I mean, out of the dark. If you, yeah, sorry. If you're Eden Hazard, you're not gonna do that because <laughs> you know you're gonna be fine anyway. Yeah. So let, let I mean I I guess so. so that makes sense. But that like when I say Barkley's useless. He isn't an awful footballer, you know. He's clearly decent enough to play against Kiev, even though I thought, again, today he was one of our worst players, as he pretty, pretty much always is, alongside Marcus Alonso, usually, because he, again, also was dreadful. Like, Zappa Costa was so much better than Alonso today. Um, you know, I mean, Absolutely. we didn't have to defend much, and that is Zappa Costa's problem. Defending, he can't do. Um, he's decent going forward. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean Barkley is a, is a poor player, but I just don't see... Barkley ever being good enough because for him it's just a mind issue I don't think it's an improvement issue I think it's just like he's just too slow in his head I'm not saying calling him retarded or anything before anyone questions Jesus. what I'm saying I'm what just are you I'm doing, just saying man? No, I'm, I'm saying that I'm not saying I'm not saying <laughs> you can't um, even say that here in the United States you can't even say that word I, what am I gonna do bro you can't even say that you, word what are you gonna do <laughs> No, easy, saying, easy, everybody. Put down your pitchforks and your torches. We're not calling anybody by the R word specifically. I'm, We're just saying. No, I'm saying he's not that. He's not the exact that. Opposite. That's yeah. exactly what he's saying. I'm just saying compared to footballers like Loftus-Cheek, obviously compared to Hazard or whatever, he's just too slow to make decisions on a football pitch. He takes too long to find a pass. He takes too long to release the ball. He takes too long to... Do I go try to go past this player? Do I instead play it short? Do I go safe? Do I shoot? It just takes too long for everything. And I don't see that as a thing. I, I've never seen a footballer I, that I can think of right now where that has been a problem and it has improved for him for that not to be a problem anymore. I don't think I've seen that. Like when you're very young, yes, but he's not very young anymore. So I don't see that improving. That's why I don't want Barkley anywhere near the starting eleven. But until Loftus-Cheek's back, is sorted, you know, we're going to have to have Barkley around. Yeah, I mean, in today against uh, Kiev, we just saw it. Like, things like, uh, you, you you mentioned it, Ross Barkley, Marcus Alonso. Guys, let's keep in mind, Dynamo Kiev is not uh, 
and it, you know, I mean, if you had to put them in the Premier League, they'd be at the bottom of the table. I mean, would they, they even they be they in the Premier League? Like, it is always very difficult to judge, but I think they are a pretty good team. Like, they, to be fair to them, they also had their two best players missing today. Their two best attacking players. So fair, fair play to them for that. But, um. You know, I'd say they're in a relegation fight, probably just ahead of, you know, Huddersfield, maybe around the Fulham area. But that's just footballing ability. That doesn't include fight. That doesn't include physicality. That doesn't include tactical awareness by the manager. A lot of a lot of things. There's a lot there, of factors there. But yeah, because but, where would Malmo be? Would is Malmo better than Kiev? I don't know. Uh, I'd say so. But are they? I don't know. In all honesty, I think they play. I actually think they played a preseason game against each other in in winter now, and I think they drew nil nil. So. <laughs> well, the, my point being that on paper we would assume that Marcus Alonso and Ross Barkley would be head and shoulders better mm-hmm. than what they would be going up against in Kiev. I didn't see it today. I no, did not cool. see it there. I saw. I saw two guys that were like, okay, these guys are playing about where this, you know, about to their competition. These guys are playing about where, oh. you know, they, 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 yeah. the other guys are playing at. Yeah, very well worded. I completely agree. Playing to their opposition. And with Barkley, I can somewhat understand that because he knows he has his place in and around the team. Marcus Alonso is right now losing his place to Emerson. So you would think when he gets a chance that he would try his very hardest and play pretty much out of his skin. But instead, he's just not playing any different to what he was before. Like, if you look at Pedro, Pedro, you know, against City and stuff, you saw Kalamad Sodoy play the, the full extra time and stuff. And then he goes against Tottenham, and, okay, his first half was not great, but his second half was unbelievable. That was one of the best, <laughs> that was one of the best performances you'll ever see anyone put in, let alone Pedro just himself. Like, he was unbelievable against Tottenham. And again today, he was very good. His runs, his, like I said, his work rate, his, his touches of the ball. Again, the finishing wasn't great, but you can have an off day. Everyone knows that Pedro's finishing usually is very good. Um, you know, that, that happens. But the fact, you know, that's what annoys me a little bit about Hudson Dye. And I'm not saying everyone needs to be a workhorse, but when I see Pedro play against Tottenham, I've never seen Callum Hudson-Doy work that hard once. Why is the 31-year-old working his socks off and the 18-year-old isn't? It's like Pedro was the one fighting for his place. And when Hudson-Doy plays, once he goes to the attack and is on the ball, he's very good. But before that, and that's what Sari keeps saying, he needs to improve. And I, that I just doesn't that. compute in my head. It just doesn't compute that. in my head why Pedro is the guy working his absolute socks off, but the 18-year-old trying to fight for his place isn't the 18 year old that apparently expects to start every game that handed in a transfer request that thinks he would play a Bayern Munich over Serge Nabry and over um Coman, whatever his yeah, first Kingsley name is. I forgot. Kingsley, sorry, yes, exactly. Even though Coman is constantly injured, but he would, in my opinion, he would not start ahead of them. So that's why I think it's a complete illusion in Kalamats Nodoy's head that he goes to Bayern Munich in January and plays every week. Absolutely not in the slightest. And for now, they still have Ribéry and Robin. In the summer, they will both leave, yes. But, you know, then he's still, in my opinion, third choice. That is more minutes than a Chelsea, but he certainly wouldn't be a starter, in my opinion, anyway. Um, because it isn't even Bayern Munich's manager that wants him. It's their sporting director that really wants him. <laughs> like, 
like the Kovac, the manager, is like, yeah, he's a good player. But Salihamidzic, the the sports director, is like, he's basically in love with him. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not the right guy to be in love with you. The sporting director is important, but at the end of the day, you need the manager to like you. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So today we had, I mean, you can't, I guess today you can't, Pedro had a great game. He yeah. uh, he he had a great game outside of the finishing. And it doesn't that always ha- doesn't that always happen when you start aim when you take a few shots and it goes at the keeper and the keeper makes great saves. It doesn't always happen that the next remaining shots after that go directly at the keeper. Yeah. It always happens. It happened again again I always do this, but I don't mean it as a direct comparison, but I saw something similar like what last week I was, we were playing six aside the keeper at the end of the game makes two or three saves and with the remaining 10 minutes that we had left in the game we had my team had like 20 shots on goal all 20 went directly at the keeper nothing we could do no matter who was shooting at the keeper shooting at goal the ball went directly at keeper i think today it happened the exact same thing happened the keeper made a few saves, and then the ball magically finds its way every single time at the gloves of the keeper. But today you cannot mention Pedro and his runs and his shots without mentioning another man, and that is David Luiz. Jeez. Unbelievable. This H. Christ. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And to me, sorry to interrupt. Go. Against, no, no, no. against Fulham, you know how we had the second half was poor. Yes, we were tired. That definitely played a part. We were definitely tired. But I stand by that. If David Luiz plays in that game, the game ends nowhere near as is nowhere near as nervy in the end. He has a leadership personality. He's calm on the ball. He can spray the passes that just get us out of the danger area. Because against Fulham, you know, Christensen and Rüdiger sometimes they just punted the ball long. Sometimes they had to. Or we lost the ball way too early in midfield. But David Luiz, when he punts the ball long, that's not losing the ball. That's playing it to one of our wingers and us creating a chance. Yes. That's why, in my opinion, David Luiz is our most important centre-back, without a doubt. And I don't understand why some people are saying Rüdiger and Christensen should play. No way. Like, David Luiz needs to get a new contract as soon as possible, in my opinion. He's an unbelievable player. Um and, you know, he showed it again today and he showed it against Tottenham. He showed it against Man City. He's an absolute man mountain, in my opinion. Incredible. Yeah. Now, the, these passes that he was making today, especially to Pedro, he yeah. loves going from left to right. And he puts it perfect. And he puts it with the perfect amount of power. I don't know if it's the receiving end or the the, the passing end that it seems to land on the foot of the receiver like a pillow, there everybody yeah. can, manages to control that ball perfectly well. And the one constant is when David Luiz is passing the ball. That ball ends to the receiver, perfect. That the receiver yeah. can control it, perfect. Always yeah. doesn't matter who's on the right hand side. And today was no, no, no exception. Unbelievable. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also, I also want to bring up Jorginho. I'm, I'm not sure about your specific views on him. I. I rate Jorginho very highly. That doesn't mean that he hasn't had a few poor games this season. But I feel like the last two games today, well, for me already yesterday, but today and um, against Fulham on the weekend showed exactly why Jorginho is important. Like he Absolutely. showed exactly. And what was what was that other game? Was it Fulham? Uh, Malmo in the second leg. He also didn't start because he was rested. 
Yep. Those three games are the perfect example of why Jorginho is so incredibly important. Jorginho got tired against Fulham when he had to come off. Kovacic comes on and we have no control. Today, Jorginho comes out, Kovacic moves back into that position. Okay, Kovacic already looked a little bit tired, so we have to give him a little bit of like slack for that in that sense. And I'm not, it's not even criticism of Kovacic in the slightest. It's just praise for Jorginho that he is important to us having control of any sort of game. He isn't, his job isn't to create chances. His job is to have control of the game that allows us to create chances further forward up the pitch. Like, he doesn't play like a Sergio Busquets, but Sergio Busquets doesn't have 50 assists and 10 goals a season. That's just not who he is. Yes, yes. Keep going because you're 100%. I've never, I've never understood why people can't understand and... And of course, it wouldn't be my podcast without a dog barking in the back, a kid, a phone call. It wouldn't be my podcast without man, that. That makes it real. <laughs> or, or better yet, I don't know if you guys caught it, but like 10 minutes ago, I blew my nose. Like I was trying to hide, but I blew my nose. I'm about to do it again. Um, see if you guys can catch it because I'm going to try to hide it. Um but do, I, do you want me to talk over it? The, Let's try and hide it as best as we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna blow my nose while Lorenz is talking. I'm gonna try to hide it. If you guys can hear it, let me know. And you send me a message on Twitter to tell me exactly when it happened. But yeah, exactly. And follow Christian on Twitter because he yes, needs more followers. Yes, I do. And follow. Please follow Lorenz too. Uh, so yeah, what this, this is great. I love your podcast. This thank is great. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So like. I don't understand. Like, yes, Jorginho, he, he, of course, of course, I want everybody to score more goals. I want the Eden Hazard to score more goals. I want Pedro. I, I want all, I, I want Marcus Alonso, even though I don't want Marcus Alonso in my 11. I want Marcus Alonso when he's playing to score more goals. I want everybody to score more goals. But I don't understand why people don't understand what Jorginho's role is within the team. Jorginho is a former player of Sarri. We knew this. He, according to Sarri, is the key piece to make the whole thing go. He's the man in the middle. He's the one that links the defense to the offense, whatever. He's important, and we see time and time again. Yet That doesn't mean that Jorginho doesn't have bad games. Everybody has bad games. Eden Hazard has bad games. I don't don't even want to say this loudly, but I'm going to whisper it. N'Golo Kante has bad games. Okay? I completely agree. Thank Everybody you. Everybody has bad, bad games. However, just because you have a bad game does not mean that you should A, lose your position on the team. B, you're not as important anymore. C, uh, we should sell you. D, and on and, on and on and on. Be criticized and be insulted on social media. Like, I completely agree with you. It's And for Jorginho, like, it must it must be the most difficult thing that players can go through when you come to a new club with the new manager trying to play the same system that you played at the club where you came from. And you and your manager are the only people that actually know and understand the system properly. And everyone else around it still has to get used to it. The better our left centre midfielder, our right centre midfielder, our two fullbacks and our two wingers, especially those six positions, the better those six understand the system, the better Jorginho will play. Because, and that is the same for every position. When you see 
you know, if the, a striker, you know, we say every time he had no service, he can't score. But for Jorginho, people don't t- pay into, you know, don't calculate into their criticism that the players around him were constantly static and never moved and made it very difficult for Jorginho to pass the ball to. And then they criticize him for losing the ball. Yes, he's not Kante tackling, but that's not the point. And the point why Kante he's plays... He's not supposed right to be. Hand, he's exactly. not supposed to be. He the is there to Kante- pass the ball... He is and there he, when the, when the uh, attack is moving down the pitch. He is there to continue the play moving forward. And also, just to finish on Jorginho, his his the, how vocal he is on the pitch, how he directs everyone where to go and where to pass. If you ever pay attention, because especially when the criticism to him has gotten extreme, and I thought it was just very unfair, I started to watch him individually a bit more as much as I could. And the way he tells everyone where to pass the ball, when to press, when to move back, where to move, it is ridiculous. The system doesn't work without him. It does not. And, you know, people say Kante is the best central defensive midfielder in the world. First of all, he never played as a central defensive midfielder. That is not necessarily true. Um, At Leicester, yes. But under Kante, he didn't either. We played a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2. When we played a 3-5-2, um, Kante wasn't actually the deepest but Kayoko usually played as the deepest when we used that it wasn't actually Kante that played the deepest role Kante has always been for us a box-to-box midfielder in our 4-3-3 formation did you see Kante sit deep all the time? no Kante took the ball ran with it and passed it it is the exact same position the exact same thing that he's doing now just that he's doing it further up the pitch and the point in that being is because Sari wants to win the ball back higher up the pitch. He doesn't want to win it 20 yards from our own goal. He wants to win it around the halfway line or even in the opponent's half. And what does that do? When you win the ball back there, your distance to the opponent's goal to score a goal yourself is much is much smaller. So that means it makes it much easier for you to create goal-scoring opportunities because you don't have to cover 80 yards of the pitch. You only have to cover 40 yards of the pitch. And that is totally logical. And because he's so good at winning the ball back, that's why it is good that he plays further up the pitch because that means he can use his ability of winning the ball back further up the pitch, which helps the team create more chances. I mean, it's been the story of our season that we create. Yes, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, it's been the story, my man. It's been the story of our season that we create plenty of chances and don't score enough. Also, that we create difficult chances sometimes for whoever is trying to finish them. Like, if you watch Liverpool and Man City, a lot of their goals are simple tap-ins. We don't have tap-ins basically ever. Like, we have what? How many tap-ins do you think we had this season? Maybe, like, five, maybe ten in I, all competitions? Yeah, we didn't I, have I, any I can't tap-ins. even. I can't even. Because I can't think of any, doesn't, tells me that they've been exactly. very low. Exactly. So, and that that's why the chances created isn't always the same. Like, you have to look at the probability of scoring from that opportunity because... You know, a chance is if you score from 30 yards and hit the goal, whether the keeper saves or not. That is officially, in the statistics, a chance. Just as much as it is a chance if you shoot from inside the six-yard box, it is both a chance. So you can't really compare chances created because that doesn't tell you the full story. But still, it has been the problem of our season that we don't score enough from what we create. And that has been the same today. We should have won by five or six goals, but we didn't. It's just it's just what it is. But that doesn't mean that Kante does do anything wrong. That doesn't mean that Jorginho is doing anything wrong. I actually think Kante has been doing an unbelievable job in that new position of his. And he's been consistently improving from the first game of the season up until now. 
consistently 100%. improving and improving and improving. A hundred percent. I just I said this a few weeks back. I, we can argue if sorry has the right tactics. We can argue about that. But within the tactics, sorry yes. tells you he lays out a piece of paper. He says, This guy that plays directly in front of my defense, that guy, his job is to pass the control ball, the game. Yeah. control the game, and pass the ball forward. Keep everybody on the pitch moving up. If that means yeah. I need to pass it back to my center backs so he can make space out and we can relieve pressure. Meanwhile, the other center back runs up the field a little bit more and gets forward, yeah. and I got to play one-twos with my center back over here. So I turn, then that's it. We need a guy for there. Then this yeah. midfielder on the right-hand side, this guy's job is to win the ball back, okay? So let's take yep. an inventory of all the players that we have on our or on our on our squad. Who is the best guy to do that at the the, the midfielder that plays right in front of the uh Jorginho. Oh, there he is. Perfect. There he is. Put him in that position. Okay, who's the best guy to win the ball back and he's going to play on the right-hand side as close as he can? To the opposition's uh, goal. I mean, whether that's outside of the box or in the halfway, we want the ball won as close as we can to the opposition's goal. Uh, the best one in the world right now is in goal Conte. Perfect. He's on our squad. That's where they're going to play. I, again, we can. And also, sorry, just to interrupt go again. Go for it. Kante, Kante is not just good at winning the ball, Kante is a good dribbler, Kante is a good passer, exactly. and Kante can even cross the ball. And his energy is absolutely ridiculous. It's inhuman. The man doesn't even know how it how it works to be tired. He doesn't even it's understand. Inhuman. That. His energy is inhuman. Uh, that yeah, I, ju- I just hope we don't break him a little bit like Essien, who I don't know, where just got injured every two weeks at some point in his I, career. I, I don't, don't think even, so. Don't even say so. those words. Don't even say those. Words. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't um, even say those words. But I, I, I just don't understand. Now we can argue: is the four-three-three the way that Sarri's playing it? Is that that we can argue about that? It should be no argument on why Jorginho plays in his position and why N'Golo Conte plays in his position. Yes, there should be no sure. argument there. So, I right. mean, I also think that the four-three-three is the right decision because everything else doesn't really make sense to me in a footballing term. Two strikers, no one plays two strikers anymore. That's silly. You don't need two out-and-out strikers. Like if you play Lukaku and Rashford up front, that's a bit different because Rashford is half a striker, half a winger, so he can yeah. do different jobs. But to have Say example, Higuain and Giroud up front would make no sense no whatsoever. Sense. To play Even though a two, we, did, we used to do it. When did we? We did it with yeah, Drogba. We did it in Drogba. I think it is. It and is. Anelka, but Anelka also dropped out to the left a lot. But even then, that is ten years ago now. Football yeah. is not the same as it was ten years ago. No, so, but didn't we do it with when we had when when it was Drogba and Diego Costa? There was I remember some games like late in the game. Yeah, yeah late in the game for sure. Yes. Yeah, like I, it was, it was rare, but it happened. And I can, and I can understand why people think that about Sarri and think once we're chasing a game, bring a second strike on. And I agree that he should do that more, and he doesn't go away from his system ever. And that is something that, in my opinion, he should do differently. But you're gonna have your pet peeves with every single manager. With Mourinho, no it was he's too defensive. Yeah, no with, system's perfect. Nobody's exactly. perfect. If no. anyone's close to perfect, it's Pep Guardiola. But then he loses to Newcastle. You know, yeah. it's it's not and life Burnley. is not healthy. And and Burnley and you know, 
also, Sari is seven months in. in I'm not going to do the silly comparison to Pep Guardiola, but, well, I am actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to do the comparison, but the comparison between... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, but what, I'm saying, what I mean is when I'm not going to make the comparison is in the sense of it's almost uncomparable. The only thing you can compare is they're both attacking-minded managers that come from a different league to play in the Premier League. But the big difference here is the money that Man City spent for Guardiola, different. And the biggest difference is who was in charge of Man City before Guardiola compared to who was in charge of Chelsea before Sarri. So the, the, the change is less was less drastic at Man City because Pellegrini is already an attacking-minded manager. So the system change, while being drastic because Guardiola is very extreme in his ideas, is still less extreme than it is to go from Mourinho and Conte to Sarri, which is literally as opposite as you can possibly be. Yeah. Plus, having a worse squad, a much worse squad, whether that is in depth and in the first 11, and less money spent. I mean, Man City signed players that they knew Guardiola wanted before they ever had Guardiola. <laughs> yeah. While we got, went and signed Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, who still is on our squad. Yeah, because no one wanted him in Nobody, January. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. yeah. I mean, same goes I, for Zappa Casa, So, But yeah. um, I, I just... I personally believe that we're, we're still on the ups. I, I, I think that we're on the right track. I, I, I believe that. I, I honestly I hope, believe I hope, that. I hope the last three games, I think they gave us a good push. That's why I'm confident that we will make top four. I think I'm, so, I'm, too. I'm I, I honestly think that we... It, Come the you know we wake up the morning after the Premier League is done and we're gonna look at the table and we're gonna go how did we manage to sneak into third? I honestly believe that we can even go still sniff third. I really yeah, believe for sure. I, I mean, I think Tottenham will drop out. I think so too. And and if we have the game in hand, we are already fourth. So if Tottenham drop out, then we are ahead of Man United and Arsenal. So that would put us third. So. Because I don't think our season has been terrible. We had a terrible winter time. Yes, completely agree. The Bournemouth result was terrible. The Man City was, result was terrible. Even though, in my head, it still doesn't matter whether you lose 1-0 or 6-0. Unless we don't make top four by goal difference. It doesn't matter. Because you, go, you get zero points. How, however many goals you can see, it doesn't really make a difference. If you lose, you lose. Um, like it, It's as simple as that in my head. And yeah. um, you know, I think the Wolves game on Sunday is very important in that. Because... It's just, it's important to continue a run like that. Like, you know, Fulham was one thing. And Spurs is a completely different thing. But that middle ground team. And how many times have we struggled against the middle ground team? We struggled against Leicester. We struggled against Southampton. Even though they are at the bottom, they're still, to me, a middle ground team, especially since Hasnut. We were just talking about Pellegrino. West Ham. Exactly. We got to play West Ham Ham again. West Ham is always a team... That I'm always a little bit nervous to play. I mean, at, at home, we usually do fine against them. It's just at the London Stadium, we don't do well. But th- that's what I'm trying to say. We lost to Wolves as well. These are the teams we struggle against the most usually. So if we, not not the most compared to the top six, but against the top six, it is understandable that we struggle yeah. because they are as good or better than we are. Everybody but, in the top six can lose to anybody in the top six. That's... I feel like I feel like the Premier League honest, is almost... Everyone in the Premier League can lose to everyone th- in the Premier too. League. That's true too. So... But, but yeah, so that's why I think the sun, Sunday's game against Wolves, excuse me, is really important. Um, if we get a win in that, 
I'm going to be even more confident that we're going to make top four just fine. And obviously with the 3-0 now, hopefully we can leave Hazard, maybe Jorginho. Hopefully we can even leave them in London. Don't even travel to the Ukraine. Give them the, the time off. Let them rest. Let them get mentally, just get some. Because I think less so than only physically, we're also mentally drained. This was a 46th game of the season against Kiev tonight. 46th game of the season. Yeah. And the date was the 7th of March. March. You know, yep. the season started on, what was it, August 9th? Something 11th? like that. One of, I think August 11th. Was Plus the first international game. games that these guys are playing. Exactly. And, you know, most international breaks, they have two games as well. So how many international breaks did we have? Three? 700? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was three because we had every month, September, October, November, that was each one. So all of these players, a lot of these players, let's say, played another six games added to the 46. Of course, they didn't play all the 46, but they were in and around the squad for 46 games. Yeah. And add the six to that, so that makes it um, 52 games. And that is just mentally must be so, so draining. Like, it has to be, even for us, surely. Sometimes around the Christmas period, especially after, just after the Christmas period, as even as a fan, you're like, I'm playing again today? It's like, you know, I'm thinking about another game, especially in what you and I do, and obviously what the whole YouTube scene and just content creators about footballers yeah. think. We have to prepare so many games and then you have on the on the day tomorrow we already think about Sunday's game. I'm already working on first Sunday's game. Tomorrow exactly. I gotta do I have to I have content that needs to be put out for Sunday's game. Exactly. It is non stop. It is even draining for us. Tony. Yeah. Like it certainly is for me. You I'm know, not complaining. Been, I'm not I, complaining. No. I love waking up and going match day, but yeah, no, no. There, if we feel if we feel the strain and the grind of the season and we have a very low, low, low involvement comparative to the actual like, professionals. It's only we can only imagine what the actual professionals must feel like. Yeah, because I mean, physically they don't go and train eight hours a day like someone that has a nine to five job. They don't train eight hours a day, but they're still at the training ground a lot, even if they only train four hours or three hours a day. But, they still have know, to how, watch video. They still have to yeah. hear sorry, breaking down tactics, uh, and, media. And how, how many people work out three hours a day? Yeah, I, I, not, not, not many, many people. Not many. <laughs> not many. And like when you say rest days, that means running, that means cycling to get the lactate out of your muscles. When they say they rest and recovery training, that doesn't mean they sit around and get a massage all day. That means yeah. cycling, running, passing the ball around, you know, just stretching, yep. you know, light, light um, weight work. Yep. In the pool, whatever. I mean, like... Yes, swimming. Exactly. Precisely. So, it, it's not plus like... They, they, plus, I mean, I'm sure Sorry has them, uh, you know, watching video. Uh, uh, you know, oh, by the way, we got to do this, uh, you know, charity thing. That's all That's all part of the job. Yeah, like, media. Media, they, of course, as well. Yeah, the media aspect of it. Oh, by the way, um, you know, players have their own personal businesses they got to attend to. They... they Listen, they have families as well. They got I families. Mean, uh, we, we don't think about it. I mean, we all of us have had family issues. Not necessarily. I'm not talking about like you bad know, issues, tra tragedy, but just yeah. like you fight with your girlfriend, you fight with your wife, you fight. You, you know, you have with your couple, with your, kids. your partner, whoever. They yeah, might exactly. Be. With your kids at school, with your kids' friends, whatever. You know, you have issues that just drain you mentally. So, and that includes myself. 
sometimes we are a bit harsh on the players and we are a bit like, uh, you know, the last game is four days ago. He should be just fine to play today. But that's why my issue comes in and that's why I've had an issue since the second the January transfer window closed. The fact that we did not replace Cesc Fabregas is ludicrous. Absolutely especially, ludicrous. The especially. And you know what? Like, okay. You know what my problem is? My, here's my problem. Here's my problem with the whole Cesc Fabregas thing. If the club... They would have never said this, but if they came out and said, you know what? No, we're not going to go after a Cesc Fabregas replacement because Kovacic is the Jorginho uh, uh, backup. Backup, yeah. But Fabregas is better than Jorginho in that role for the time being. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt about it. But if we had seen something along those lines that suggested that, said, okay, no problem. Wow. Wow. Chelsea's on the ball with this one. They're smart. They're why are you gonna buy a guy when you already yeah, have but, a replacement here? But they, that's but not what happened. I don't necessarily agree because I just feel like we're short in midfield options, and you saw it today with who had to play. Because we should be able to rest Jorginho and Kante in the same game, and we are not able to rest them in the same game unless we play Ethan Ampadu, an eighteen-year-old that has played about five games as a midfielder in his entire career, basically. I'm, well, I don't know what he did as a youth player, but I know before he played, I know he wasn't a midfielder for Exeter, unless I'm completely wrong on that. I could be. But I know when he played there for Wales, that was one of his first games as a midfielder. So to play him there, in, yes, it is only Kiev and only the Europa League. But like we spoke about earlier, it is one way of getting into the Euro Champions League and it is a trophy. Yeah. And we're still in the round of 16 here. It's not like we're still fuffing about in the in the group stages anymore. When Ethan Ampadu did play a few games in the group stages, it's not like we can just do whatever we want, but we just don't have the personnel to rotate our midfield enough. We have plenty of, we have two strikers, which is fine, even though I would prefer three, but we have two and that is okay. Three. Yeah. There's no reason why we, Tammy Abraham is not, shouldn't have been, you know, playing. Yeah. I mean, I guess with the game time, I would, I would, I would like Giroud to be our third choice striker because I, I think that would make the most sense. First of all, I don't rate Giroud particularly highly. But also, he's an old player. So for an old player, you don't need the development. For an 18, 20-year-old like Abraham, 21 or whatever he is, yeah. he needs game time. So if he's third choice, he plays like, what, 10 games a season? So he doesn't improve as much. But like 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 Caballero and Rob Green are backup goalkeepers. They don't yeah. need to play. They're as good as they are. Okay, you know, match routine and match fitness and stuff. Okay. But generally, they don't need the development. And that's why I don't necessarily want a young player to be a third choice. I would have preferred Durf just Bacuay as the second choice and Giroud as the third choice. I think that would have been very good. Um, but, you know, we are where we are. So in the striker, yeah. it's still okay. We have plenty of wingers. A fifth winger would be nice, but four wingers is okay. But in midfield, we just don't have enough. Yeah. We have five fielders for three positions. It's true. It's true. It's and true. one of them can't even start games with his back problem right now. And the other, Kovacic, I mean, recently he started playing the full 90. But, I mean, during the World Cup, he could never go full 90. Uh, and up until, what, like two games ago, he was never going the full 90. He was always coming out. Do you think out. it is because he can't or just because he's one of the players that he's always changed for slight changes in their tactical thing? I, I want to believe that he just can't i asked joe tweedy about this and he said that his body might be like he hasn't adapted to going a full 90 i i don't i don't know to the be fair, he's of, not 
he's not played four nineties a lot at Madrid yeah. either because he was yeah. always a backup. So he was I always a backup. So. And in the but World Cup, like, it was the same. At the yeah. World Cup, it was the same. He could not go. It was at one. I. It was by chance, and, and because of obviously how well Croatia did, but it was by chance that I I saw Croatia a lot during the World Cup. And one thing I always noticed, and I always noticed it early in the competition, is like, geez, this dude can't go full 90. Like, period. Like, they're always subbing this guy out. And I remember specifically saying during the World Cup, I felt bad for him because he couldn't play a 90-minute game. Then, lo and behold, we get him, and then the trend continued. Can't go 90, yeah. can't go 90. So, Although, I still think at Chelsea, a lot of the time it is to do with the tactical thing and towards the end of games. When we bring Barkley on for him, all of this cheek, I think Sari with that is trying to bring a bit more physicality into the game just to see out the game. Because yeah. people, you know, seeing out a game isn't only bringing on a defender for a striker like Mourinho used to do. That's not the only way to see out a game. If you bring out a fresh and stronger and taller guy in midfield, that helps you to defend and see out a result. And that's why I think a lot of the time his substitutions are a lot to do with that as well. But like I said, you know, if Joe Tweedy said that, I'm sure he has more intel or insight in that situation yeah, than I do. But that's the Godfather right there. I I'll, Joe Spe- Tweedy speaks. I'm like, mm-hmm, yes, sir. <laughs> I don't say a word. Joe, when Joe Tweedy talks, I don't say a goddamn word. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right on. Right on. Whatever you say, you, man. You you do you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say a goddamn word. Um. So I, I b- before we wrap it up here. Uh, what were your like? What noises came out of your mouth when Callum Hudson Odoi scored? Because I know what I said. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was just a celebratory <laughs> or come on or whatever. But like I said, for me, I, I I sound awful when I say this every time I say it. But this transfer request of him really annoyed me. Like it really oh, did annoy on, me. Like, come on, give him a chance. Like, I, I do give him a chance. The second he signs a new contract, up until then, because and I've said this in videos before, I'm a Chelsea football club fan. Yeah, I'm not a Callum Hudson-Odoi fan. If he decides to leave, go on then, do your thing. I don't care about you then. If you leave, you're gone. If you want to leave, I don't like players at my club that want to leave my club because they're not loyal to my club or not even loyal like John Terry loyal like a normal loyal here you know if you request to leave three days before the transfer window ends even if you told the club a week before or two weeks before or a month before to hand in a transfer request three days before the transfer window ends I don't care if you're not happy with your game time I don't care about you as an individual I care about the club Mm. I care about the club doing well and so that's why until he commits to Chelsea I'm not going to be his biggest fan when Loftus-Cheek scores I'm much happier than when Callum Hudson-Odoi scores. I was much happier about Loftus-Cheek getting the assist to his goal than I was about Hudson-Odoi scoring. You're hardcore, dude. You're hardcore, man. Also, to be fair, I love uh, Loftus-Cheek. I met him before. He's a great guy. I love Loftus-Cheek. I just love Loftus-Cheek an exceptional amount. So maybe that's not fair fair the comparison. But still, um, you know, maybe I am a bit hardcore. and Maybe I am a bit hard on Hudson-Odoi in that. But you know, some of I, the I understand. But uh, but but what you say is fair. What you say is exactly how it's it's it truly truly is deep down how I feel. Um, it is why when Mourinho was at United, I I gave him shit. Hey, listen, you could he could be a Chelsea legend all he wants, but the fact of the matter is, he knew 
more than anybody who Manchester United was comparative to Chelsea. God damn it. Right when I start getting going, I got a cough. <coughs> um, he knew what Manchester United meant to Chelsea Football Club as as our biggest rival. I, I'm I'm Tottenham is a rival, yes, but Manchester United is the biggest rival, in my opinion, to Chelsea. I don't I don't consider Tottenham a rival in that sense. And when Manchester United presented him a contract, he signed it. He forgot about the loyalty. So no, no, while you're while that check is hitting your bank account once a week or whatever frequently you get yeah, paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you have to consider that if he left Chelsea for Man United, that is a different story than the fact that we sacked him. We sacked him twice. That changes things for me. I, I, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Makes a big difference. While he's there, I gave him shit. Now he's not there. I, you know, I clap him up. Hey, go wherever you want. He could. He can manage. I don't care if he goes to. Sp- the word on the street is he's going to Real. Hey, if he goes to Real next year, good and, luck. Good luck. And we play Real in the Champions League. I'm not gonna scream fuck off Mourinho or nothing like that. No. I'm gonna I clap mean, him. I, I, I would never scream that. But again. I mean, I'm not. When did you support, start supporting Chelsea? Uh, it's almost ten years ago. I'm coming up to ten years. Uh, yes, yeah. ten years because it was. So, it was. This summer God. will be ten years. Ten okay. years, exactly. So, I think that's obviously where a bit of a difference comes in because when I first heard about Chelsea, and the first ever game I saw was in 2005, and that's when I became a fan. Not as much as I am now because I didn't even have the possibilities to watch games in the Premier yeah. League because that was not an option. Um, but so when I became a Chelsea fan, when I fell in love with Chelsea, Mourinho was there. So that's why I think I have a slightly different, you know, emotional attachment to Mourinho. Yeah, that's more like, for example, that did become a fan when he was in charge. So I think maybe in that sense it's different because <laughs> I did. I obviously, I you know wanted them to lose against us every time, but I wanted to not. I did not going to say I wanted. I wanted them to do well, but. I was not as happy when they lost with him in charge as I am with anyone else in charge. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I just That's like it. Mourinho, but yeah. Yeah, no, I and, and the, the guys, forever who's listening to this, if you haven't heard the interviews Mourinho's done going all the way back to the January transfer window, uh, he just did one with BN Sports. I think it was yeah, last Yeah, recently week. he's done quite a few, quite they're a few awesome. interesting things. And yeah, they're awesome. really good. Gives you insight to the game. It gives you insight to the man. Very, very, very good um And he's never interview. said a bad word about us. He said a bad word while he was at Man United. But to me, what you and never about the fans. Not once did he say a bad word about the fans. Not about the like, club uh, and stuff. Rafa ever. when he was with uh, Liverpool talking about the yeah, fans yeah. waving plastic flags and shit. Get yeah. out of here with that. And that, that fat Spanish waiter. <laughs> I agreed. Agreed. And and, yeah. and 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 as somebody I'm not Spanish, but I feel I can defend and shit on Spanish people because I am Hispanic. He's a yeah. fat Spanish waiter. He looks like it. <laughs> so well, also he is Spanish. And he, and he is like Spanish. White. Yeah, he does. He does. He looks like a waiter. I, I worked in restaurants. He looks like a waiter. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, to me, Mourinho always kept his respect. When he did the, the clapping the badge thing at Stamford Bridge and stuff, that I didn't like it. Of course I didn't. But you also have to understand that I, I, I strongly believe that he loves Chelsea. And when he hears his fans telling him to fuck off 
that hurts the man. Of course, he's a human being, of course. Exactly. And also, all the things that he said about Man United being such a big club and the best fans and this and that and this and that. He has he to says say that, that. Because that's his job. Yeah. He needs Man United fans to like him. He can't, he doesn't, he doesn't need Chelsea fans to like him right now. He needs United fans to like him, you know? So people need to take that into account, but we're getting into a completely different yeah, conversation. Yeah, about yeah, what, absolutely, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Guys, if you haven't, if you haven't been, keep it, do yourself a favor and listen to what he says, because he says a lot of truth, man, a lot of good stuff uh, that he's been saying. But when Colin Hudson-Odoi scored today, I, I all I said was, yeah, I was happy for the kid. Um, yeah, but you're no, right, I, man. I am very happy for him, and I just hope that when he gets minutes and when he scores goals, that it makes him sign a new contract because then I can love him again. Because, you know, once he's committed to the club, then he's one of us. I mean, not that he's not one of us already because he's been here for 10 years. But at the same time, that 10 years makes the transfer request even worse in a sense. Because if Pedro hands in a transfer request, I don't care. He's a Barcelona guy. He's not, a, he's not been at Chelsea for 10 years and since he's been eight or whatever. That's yeah. different. But... You know, that's why I hope he commits to the club and that's why I hope he stays. That's why I hope he has a future here because I really want that. But until yeah. he signs a new contract, I don't see a future for him at the club. Absolutely. I I, I, I do hope he signs a new contract because, yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense business-wise. It makes sense for the roster. It makes sense for the fan. It just makes 100% sense. Provided yeah. that he wants to stay. I mean, like, that's the thing, like, you're right. If you hand in a transfer request, what you're essentially saying is, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And and if that's solely about game time, then that's why I also think he should be starting games like tonight. And that's that's a bit of an issue I have with Sadi because I'm like, well, we want to keep him. And the most likely situation of us keeping him is if he gets minutes. Although we still have Christian Pulisic coming in. I get, I got your point earlier. That made him play more. But it still didn't play make him play enough to sign a new contract yet, yeah. has it? So really, it hasn't really made much of a difference. Yeah. And also, we we would still only have four wingers because Moses would have left in January anyway. Yeah. So really, would it? Okay, maybe he wouldn't have started against Tottenham in the League Cup final in the first leg because that was still in January. Maybe that he wouldn't have started if it wasn't for the whole link, and that was started by us signing Pulisic, but. Since then, since the January window has closed, he hasn't really played that much. And I don't no. think he would have played the exact same whether we signed Pulisic or not. And I just, I don't rate Pulisic particularly highly. He's not playing at Dortmund right now because we signed him. So why would they still play him? Makes sense. Why would they develop a player that exactly. they know is leaving in, in in the summer? So that was a whole stupid idea in the first place. Well, so, I, I, like, it, that... That situation to me is like exactly what it is what it is. Dortmund, why would you play? Why the same thing? Like we play Kovacic um, because we kind of have to more often than not. Like we have to play Kovacic. Yeah, I think Sari wants to keep Kovacic. It just depends on the club whether we will and what Madrid will ask for. Um, let's just say that it, which put me on my ass. I I received some information from an inside source that I one hundred percent trust. That the club does not want to keep, or sorry, does not want to keep Kovacic. Uh, sorry, doesn't. No, sorry, does it? Sorry, actually rates highly. Um, Barkley. That sorry, Barkley's his favorite. Um, what? But, 
Yeah, but again, is he mental? But th- again, but this is I changed my mind. Sorry, Al. <laughs> <laughs> but this is going back. Like you know how things in football change. Like this is going back. I'm sure when, when I received how this information, was that this was back in November. So oh, okay. So I mean, even Oakley had a very good October and November. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> he's even, not playing it, like that anymore. I'm sure if you asked Sorry then, like who would you rather have, Emerson or Alonzo? He would have said Alonzo all day long. Um, yeah, well, you know that that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, that that not not that's not the case now. So yeah, things change, but if things remain the same, um, Kovacic I mean, is not in Sari's plans. Yeah, I mean it depends on how, for me personally. It depends on how much they ask for him. If they want fifty million for him, get get lost. Yeah. I don't pay fifty million for a backup. If they want thirty five, forty million, I can accept that. Because yeah. he's versatile and can play all three midfielder positions. That's why I would pay that much for him, even though he would mostly be a backup. Yeah. But because he can play all three positions to a decent level, especially Regista and right centre midfielder, he could play very well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, less so the left centre mid spot because he doesn't go forward enough. Um, he is a great backup for N'Golo Kante. He really is. Yeah. So he that, really that, is. I completely agree. I think that is actually his best position, not the register, because you saw it today again. He went on this run with the ball, and then he lost it, and then the whole middle was open. Jorginho never does that. People criticize Jorginho for not going forward, but that's why he doesn't. Because if he loses the ball, then the whole pitch is open. Yeah, yeah. He does. He goes forward, but wait, 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 who do we play last? Where he scored? Uh, Fulham. Oh, yeah, Gordon. No, no, he hasn't scored. Oh, Jorginho, you mean? Yeah, Jorginho, Jorginho. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I was thinking about it today. I'm like, Christ, like Kovacic hasn't scored. Yeah, I don't even know what he looks like scoring the ball. Like, I don't even no, no, know. No, no. A goal I have a celebrity. stat for you. Kovacic hasn't scored in 102 games for club and country. Oh boy, he's on. He is on. Uh, <clears throat> a John Obi Mikel numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's getting dangerous. 31. Yeah, he's, he's getting... <laughs> the 31. African Zidane. Uh, yes. it's, uh, he's, he's getting close to those numbers. but Yeah, I, but Kovacic isn't playing back heel assists to Diego Costa, is he? <laughs> no, no. You know, and he wants to so bad, but he just doesn't have it in his locker. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have but, it. But I completely agree with what you said about Jorginho, but what, the whole team moved forward then. Like yes. the, the defenders were very high up the pitch. So yes. Jorginho was still the deepest midfielder there, kind of, anyway. Not far off. Yes, yes, And yes. I'm not even criticizing Kovacic for making these runs. You know, that's who he is as a player. But that's why I prefer um, yes. Jorginho in that position. I, I don't, well, I don't think many people prefer Kovacic there. Some people might. I don't know. Some people also want Sarri out, which I don't understand. Yeah. Um, well, some people right. want Frank Lampard in, who got battered 4-0 <laughs> by Aston Villa last week. Right. I don't know why people do this. Like, just like in everything, you need time. Why? We all love Frank Lampard. Okay, let's let's play this out. Let's everybody let's play this out real quick. We all love Frank Lampard. We love John Terry. We get Frank Lampard in, right? He's our manager. Day one of the Premier League. He goes on a, a beautiful run of like five losses, whatever, whatever the case might be. And now we're sacking Frank Lampard in October. And it doesn't even need to be that extreme. It, it just needs to be fans disagreeing with his decisions like they did with Sarri. Yes, they will give him more time because of who he is. But at some point, if he keeps making the wrong decisions and the fans, in the fans' opinion... And you know the, how the media starts working. The media, exactly. <clears throat> and, and now Frank Lampard's out the door. 
How would we feel? He would ta- it, would, it would tarnish his legacy. Of course. Give him time. Yeah. There's no rush. In uh, five to ten years. Then we can get him in. Not yeah, now. Four years, five years. Give him time. Let him take Darby into the Premier League. Let him do whatever he's going to do. Let Give him time. I don't understand <clears throat> this rush to get yeah. Frank Lampard in. We know he's going to be a manager at Chelsea. We know John yeah. Terry is going to be a man. We know Didier Drogba is going to have a role. We know... Uh, I, I wouldn't uh, even... <clears throat> I yeah, hope Czech comes back into something. We know Petr Czech is going to have... A, we know these guys are going to have some direct or auxiliary role with the club. Give yeah. it time. Like, I don't understand this need as if... like. Like, everybody's going to be Zidane Sedan. Like, everybody's going to be with Zidane, uh, all the managers, former players. You're going to plug them in, and three, you know, Champions League trophies later, here we have Zidane Zidane. Like, I, I don't understand that. Like, chill, man. Give this guy yeah. time. Also, if we bring Zidane in, we need to bring Ronaldo in, because otherwise it doesn't work. <laughs> the Jesus. That's another thing, too. Like, Bro, like I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying Zidane is a bad manager, by not by any stretch of the imagination. If you win three Champions Leagues in a row, you are a good manager. But he's not, he's not a Guardiola. He's not a Mourinho just because he won three Champions Leagues in a row. He had a very good squad with one of the best players in the world, one of the best goal scorers in the world of all time. That helps you. <laughs> yes. Yes, it, it 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 it's beneficial. Just uh, that's all I'm saying with Frank Lampard. Give him time. Um, yeah, I agree. So, moving forward in this uh, Premier League and Europa uh, League, where well, how does the rest of this uh, season play out to you, or for you? I mean, the Europa League is always tricky to judge because it depends on who we draw. Like in the next round, for example. Yeah. Because I assume we're going to go through. You know, Napoli won 3-0 against Salzburg today. Salzburg, I thought, was a very difficult team, so it's good that they're out. But Napoli is a very, very tough opponent. If we draw the next round, there is a chance we lose. We always have battles. Like, There's two teams that that I always, always, always hate playing against. That is Napoli. That is PSG. One, because of our history on the pitch, and two, because my stupid cousin would always pick one of the two in FIFA, and he <laughs> would terrorize me. I still see images of Cavani. I still see images uh, of PSG, like, uh, of Ibrahimovic. Like, I'm terrified. Like, I hate those two yeah, clubs. Yeah, like. Yeah. On the pitch yeah. and off the pitch, I kind I mean, of like they always I, give I, me. I, like, I, I like I like I, I like Napoli as as a club and what they are, but they would be they would be very difficult to beat. And you know, I still assume even though Arsenal lost today, I still assume they will turn it around because they only need to win two 0 at home. They will probably do that, yeah. um, or whatever. So they will probably go through. Getting Arsenal in any round will not be easy. Whoa, I still whoa, whoa, think. Wait, wait a minute! Wait better. a minute! Now thinking about it, did it? Did. Is this the first? This is not the first game of the round of sixteen, is it? No, no, it is for the Europa League. It is just Champions League. It isn't because we played the round of thirty-two before, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. Because I'm thinking Arsenal lost the Arsenal uh, lost the last uh, Europa League game to um, Bate. No, they lost the first one. Then they beat them in the second one and got through. And now they lost today three one in Rennes in France. Because I remember I'm thinking about all the jokes that that everybody was saying yeah, yeah. that Arsenal couldn't master Bate. So, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So if we get Arsenal or Napoli or whatever in a 
soon, then there is a chance of us losing that. If we don't draw them, even though Frankfurt, for example, wouldn't be easy to play against either or Inter or whatever, wouldn't be easy, but yeah, we should be expected to beat them. And I think, depending on the draw, to be honest, we stand a chance against everyone in the Europa League. That there's no Barcelona's and you know Man City's around here. Yeah. So you know we stand a chance against all of them. So I think there is a good chance of us making the final, and there is a good chance of us winning the Europa League. I think that is very much a possibility. And like I said earlier, I also think that we're going to make top four. I I, I firmly believe that we too. will make. Well, if if we lose on Sunday, I might I will probably say we're not going to make top four. <laughs> but right now. I think we're going to make top four. So, I do too. You know, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I hope Loftus-Cheek's back can sort itself out and he can start to start games, hopefully. I hope um, Callum Hudson-Odoi gets a few starts here and there, although I doubt it because the further we get in the Europa League, the less he will play in that exactly. as well. Exactly. exactly. But I still hope so. And, you know, I, I just... And I also hope that Hazard signs a new contract. Probably won't, but I hope so. If Mourinho goes to Madrid... Does that make Hassan more likely to leave or less likely? I don't I know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't. The, the guy that I really think this whole thing hangs on is Neymar. If well, I think, <clears throat> don't you think Mbappe more? I don't know. I, I really think it's, it's for me, it's Neymar. If Neymar yeah. goes to Real, Hazard stays because Hazard doesn't play oh, yeah, on that, the right. That's without a doubt for sure. So I, I just have, think. I, I just mine. think with, with, with Vinicius that they have, because I, I rate him extremely highly, um, if I was Real Madrid, I wouldn't even buy a left winger. I would just build on Vinicius Jr., sign a new striker instead of Benzema, and sign a new right winger instead of Bale and Vasquez. I think they need that more than a left winger. So, But yeah. that's why I think Mbappe, because he is right winger and striker. And I that's agree. what, in my opinion, at least they need more. They don't really... I mean, if they can get Neymar, of course they will get him. I just, I don't know. Will Will PSG really sell Neymar? I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, out of the two, if I was PSG, I'd be more okay. likely to sell Neymar than than. Oh, for, for sure, because you know Mbappe is a Parisian kid. Like, yeah, he's from he's there. the face of the nation. I mean, yeah, pretty much. You know, alongside like Griezmann and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Pogba the face of that nation? I guess so, to an extent. Do they want it's a big to, nation to have a few faces. A, <laughs> <laughs> there's enough faces for all places in the beautiful country of France. Um, that, that, that was nicely said, my friend. <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my man, how can people find you on Twitter? My, well, my Twitter is Laos at Laos1507, L-A-U-S-1507. Um, same as my Instagram. We said, you know, the YouTube channel at the beginning. Say it again. Lawrence, Say it again Lawrence, for the people in the yeah. back. <laughs> Lawrence Vesquely, it is on YouTube. I'm not sure if the, if the way you upload, there can be any links anywhere because Absolutely. it's not YouTube, is it? Um, I will, so, I, well, in the show notes, in the show notes for this episode, I will, will, will add uh, the links to you. I always do. If you guys ever, you're listening to the podcast and you ever want to find the Twitter handles or anything, I always add them to the show notes for everybody's thing so, so i'll so have if your you Twitter. struggle with if you struggle with spelling my name just click the link in the show notes subscribe Done. to my youtube channel i'm close to hitting 2000 subscribers right now which would be is very cool i'm currently i can tell you right now on 1932 which is very nice because considering i only really started less than two weeks ago that's very nice so i'm very happy with that so if we could grow that that would be perfect i hope i can come on 
I can come back on of your course. podcast soon because I'm very much enjoying myself here. This is great. <laughs> of so, course, um, my man. You know what? We'll get you in. You, let's do this before the end of the season. We'll do uh, we'll do a show, and then we'll see where we're at. We'll see where we're at sure, as far sure. as in the Europa League and as far as in the Premier League because you made some strong, strong, strong predictions. So let's see. Let's see. We'll get let's you back on. Let's Absolutely. Let's right, and, you know, fo- follow my man, isn't it? Follow my man, Christian. Follow him course. on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on, you know, the Spotify's, the iTunes. Do you upload them on iTunes? Everywhere. They're everywhere. 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 Everywhere Subscribe podcast everywhere. wants to be. Listen everywhere. Even if you've listened to it once, listen to it again. <laughs> Thank you. It doesn't matter. Just it, you know. It, no, no, no. It matters. It matters. Listen, it, no, it matters. It, it, yeah, you're right. It does matter. Listen to it. Even if it doesn't matter, just download it and listen to it. You can turn the sound off. It's just about watch time on the internet. Listen to it once, then mute it. It's fine. Yep. But it's about watch time in this business. So yep. give give the man some watch time and um yeah. Yep, Again, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I had a great time. Absolutely. Everybody, this is the end of the interview. All right, everybody. That was the interview with my man, Lorenz Vesculi, formerly of 100% Chelsea, and now with his brand new, very own YouTube channel. I, I, I don't think, I think he's had his YouTube channel for a while, but he um, fired it right back up. Now, he just had some personal commitments, man, uh, that he couldn't dedicate 100% to 100% Chelsea. And um, so now he has his own channel that works around his own schedules, and he's given us uh, the same quality of content or just on his own channel. It's nothing but love for the guys at 100% Chelsea. For me, I can 100% say this without worrying about putting words into Lorenz's mouth. It's nothing but love for the guys, uh, Louis, Lewis, and everybody else at 100% Chelsea for Lorenz. It's just, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So that's that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and that's it. We uh, Chelsea play Fulham this Sunday at Stanford Bridge in the Premier League. It's a big match. Also, shout out. This was the game. Actually, this kind of this is a bittersweet game, man. This was uh the game that I was supposed to the match I was supposed to be at. Uh, I had it penciled in. Um, everybody. Well, it had Josh Banks. He's going to the match. My boy. Elias, he's going to the match. He's another one that's been on the podcast. Our homie, Daniel, he's supposed to be going to the match. We're all we're supposed to link up, uh, you know, as a family at this match. And it feels, you know, I feel like I let the family down. I really felt like I would let the family down by not being there. But life happens, man. Life happens on my end. And it just didn't have enough money to come up for the trip. But Guys, Stanford Bridge is not going anywhere. Chelsea football is not going anywhere. Chelsea Football Club is not going anywhere. The only one that's got to worry about going somewhere is me. My ass can't go dying anytime soon. So I got to get over there. I got to see the bridge with my own very own eyes. I got to feel. I got to know what it feels like to walk down Fulham Road before a match. Taking the sights. Taking the sounds. Hell, taking the smells of what it feels like to walk into Stamford Bridge, it will be a dream come true. I know it. I I think about that, but that is working, man. You gotta shh. The co-host, everybody. The co-host, ladies and gentlemen. So, I gotta know what it feels like. 
I've envisioned it so many times, walking up the yellow steps at Stamford Bridge, walking up, because you guys don't know, the steps are yellow, walking up the steps, reaching my hands out, touching the walls, the walls are white, I know this because I've seen a vlog, getting to the top of the steps, seeing the steward there, I've seen the steward a million times. I just don't know what the steward looks like. If it's a male or female, black, white, old, young. I don't know what the steward looks like. But there's a body there. It's wearing that yellow jacket on the back of it. It says steward. There's three numbers on the back. I see it all, man. I vision it all. It's a dream that I've had over and over and over and over and over again. I see the pitch. And waterworks. I already know. I already know. Guys, you got to understand, man, like for me in my adult life, I've never necessarily had a dream come true. Yeah, I've had things like where I've wanted something, I bought something, I've dreamt of something, I bought it. But a dream like this, a dream of actually going to Stamford Bridge, yes, it's a purchase, ba ba ba, BBB, but it's a dream nevertheless, and I've never had a dream like this come true and quite honestly it's what it means to me like it kind of it's why it always kind of i mean not to get on my horse here but when when i'm watching the games in my living room and i'm screaming my head off i'm singing all the songs i'm clapping i'm singing carefree i know you guys are just like me you're doing it too you're doing it too and i'm in my living room and i hear the bridge that breaks my heart because i know if i was there i had the ability to be there the opportunity to be at the bridge i would make sure that my voice is heard from the first whistle to the last and one day when i get to the bridge i know i know for a fact i won't be able to talk to my boy louis after the match on 100 percent chelsea on uh doing the fan cams i know i won't have a voice i won't have a voice and i can't wait i can't wait that day is coming it's coming sooner rather than later it's coming and i hope to see you guys there but that's all i got for today um that's it chelsea keep moving on in the europa league keep moving on keep moving on next round next game we play uh kiev at their place with a three-goal lead. All we got to do is maintain some sort of lead. And uh, we move on to the next round. And that's it. Same thing in the Premier League. We have a game in hand. Just taking one game at a time. Three points after three points. Maintain the tunnel vision. And that's it. That's a cheap, cheap, cheap. You saw what I see there? You're going to know what I just did right there in a few seconds. It's a cheap segue into uh into the show's closing song but whatever man it's a low-hanging fruit man what am i supposed to do not pick it when it's right in front of my face so that's it everybody um enjoy the rest of your day have an amazing day if you're not following me on twitter please do that i'm doing predicted 11 videos before each and every single match provided that i don't have the shits or i'm throwing up all over the place uh before each and every single match a day or two before each match um and people really enjoy it they really like it 
so i encourage you if you're not following me on twitter do so so you can get that content as well um and that's it i'll talk to you guys again soon i love you i love each and every single one of you have a great day enjoy the rest of your day and i'll talk to you guys again soon big kiss Mwah. bud say goodbye Like, pull that.